Hi. <laughs> Hi. Um, I, I had to buy some of these <laughs> during the week, and, and so I'm a mum, but I'm, um, I am in, in need of glasses so I can read my own sermon this morning, so that's a new thing for me. Um, I am not keen um, to wear them because when I look up from them, then I can't see anybody. <laughs> I mean, can't quite figure it out yet. Someone that's got more experience with this needs to help me out. Um, I, I need to do a little bit of an introduction for those of you that don't know me. Um, I, my name is Kate. I'm the mum of four amazing um, young people who are rapidly increasing in age, which means I also am rapidly increasing in age. Um, my eldest is um, turning 20 this year, would you believe? Gabby's turning 20 this year. Um, and Luca is 17, and then I have Genevieve, who is serving in Little Stars every week. So if you have little people in there, you, you'll know her. Um, she's 13, and then my youngest is, um, is 10. So I'm a mum, um, and I'm a teacher, and I have the, uh, uh, surrounded myself in all aspects of my life with children, <laughs> Um, I, I consider it a great joy to um, speak into the lives of young people and to encourage them and to um, try and give a part of my the Father's love for me to, to them. And it's, um, I've seen some kids that are pretty messed up in my time as a, as a teacher um, and um, it's so... Um, amazing to get these kids and to love on them. Like Ruth was saying, just some people, they have such a bad reputation. And they come over and they're all tough and they're all, what are you going to do? Kind of thing. And there's a lot of attitude and anger that comes with some of these kids that I've taught over the years. And, and I'm thinking of two amazing kids that I've taught this year even, and just by loving on them, just by going, you're awesome, you're amazing. We, we're so loving having you in our classroom, even when we, we really don't. It's, it's, it's actually completely changed them, just having that, that positive confession constantly. It's obviously the first time they've heard it. And so that's really challenging because we know at the end of the day we send them home. And then they, they come back the next day and we've got to kind of undo the evening and, and, and get them back loved up, ready to go home again. And um, part of that is my calling, but some of it is just an opportunity to speak to us as the parents of Excite, the grandparents of Excite, the favourite aunties and uncles of Excite who all play the role of mum. Um, the woman that want to have a baby that can't have a baby. Um, there are so many ways that we can parent, and it doesn't need to be someone that we've biologically given birth to. Um, and I want to speak to those people that feel like they missed the opportunity to be a parent, because it is so vital that you understand how important you are to this house. The words that you can speak over the next generation, whether it's someone my age or my children, whoever it is, the words that you speak over them, encourage them, build them up, help them feel loved. I have aunties in my life 
that um, I, can, I could name that have invested in me as a mother that um, have actually played in periods of my life more of an important role than my own biological mother. So, so never doubt that your opportunity to mother has gone if, you, if you've missed the opportunity to have your own children. I wanted to start today's message by um, sharing a, a short few quotes from some famous uh, Christian leaders about motherhood. Um, Abraham Lincoln is quoted as having said, no one is poor who has a prayerful mother. Um, there's a fa famous um, man who helped, um, he was very anti-slavery in America, and, um, Henry Ward Beecher, and he said, a mother's heart is the child's schoolroom, which I found quite convicting. <laughs> yeah, Pope Paul VI reflected on the notion that every mother is like Moses. She does not enter the promised land. She prepares her children for a life that she will not see. Wow, that's pretty cool. George Washington praised his mother probably the most elaborately of all the, of all the quotes I found. He said this, My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education that I received from her. Whew. Preacher Billy Graham once said, only God himself fully appreciates the influence of a Christian mother in moulding the character of her children. It was actually really easy to find those quotes. You just kind of type it into Google. Famous Christian quotes about mothers came up like that. Google is awesome. The thing is, as much as some of us are inspired and encouraged by these sentiments, some of us are probably already feeling a little bit convicted or condemned about it. And it seems to me that every year the societal expectations on mothers increases. Uh, we are romanced by Hollywood and how motherhood should look and how we should be. And our kids are too. Our kids see all these awesome mothers on a screen that shows us what really good motherhood should look like. Um, I, I know, I feel pressure to be amazing, to build confidence in my children, to multitask, work and be at home and, and do all these jobs, yeah? Fill all these roles. Um, we as mothers get called... A whole bunch of stuff, really. Well, I'm a mum, I'm a, but I'm a daughter. I'm a sister, I'm a mother, I'm a cousin, I'm a friend. I'm an employee, I'm a teacher, I'm a kids' church leader. I'm a citizen, I am a football manager, a netball sideline encourager. Um, I'm a dance mum, I'm a musical theatre fanatic. So I, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. I am tired. <laughs> um, I have a lot of roles and responsibilities within my sphere of influence and within the life that I actually have created for myself. Right? These roles and responsibilities can consume my life. It's very easy to feel at times overwhelmed by the responsibilities that I have and the long list of jobs that I need to get done before the sun goes down and the last of the children is tucked into bed at night. 
Um, And I think we often sit in the evenings or maybe in bed at night and, and wonder how you could have done it better. Oh, I shouldn't have yelled at Victoria about her shoes. Yes, I know it's the 597th time that she's lost one shoe, but I could have handled that better. And then you're thinking, oh, so-and-so at school, her kid has the best lunches. The sandwiches look like teddy bears. And, and it's basically origami art all there. I really, 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 really think that I could do better at making lunches. Probably not two-minute noodles tomorrow. And, and, and then you think, oh, you know, I watched that documentary on the importance, you know, how important even it is what I eat when I'm pregnant because it's all my fault if the children come out and they've got some weird problem or um, I'm giving them a disadvantage if I'm not providing them with two after-school activities per day and, um, and I'm not there to support them at everything that they do, well, then I'm kind of, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do kind of building a picture for you. (laughs) How do we sift through all of those expectations? The expectations actually that we're putting on ourselves, right? Starts with, in my opinion, reminding us of who we really are. Who are we? And we've been talking a lot in church about Jesus and who he is. And they are so intrinsically linked. If you're a woman of God, you're in this house. I am. I am not all the things that I say about myself. I am not terrible at remembering the sports events. I'm not terrible at making lunches. I'm not these, I don't need to bag myself all the time. I need to remind myself constantly of what God says I am. Who am I? We need to press the, press the reset button, the refresh button, like on the computer. We need to go back to the Word of God and God's perfect will for us. So let's unpack some of the I am's that the Bible say. It says about, them, uh, about us collectively. I take ownership of that for myself personally and as they apply to being a mum. Because I'm really, really conscious of how I feel about myself and what I speak over myself becomes what my children say about themselves and what they believe about themselves. And if I have one thing that I know that I am really conscious of doing constantly, it is understanding that what shows up in my child came from me and so I, I want to be able to confess the word of God over those kids so that they confidently express it for themselves. So the first thing is I am free. It says in John 8 verse 36, so if the son sets me free, I am free indeed. I am free. Mama's You're free from the the power of sin. 
You're free from condemnation and comparison and the getting caught up in the comparison of yourself to what other mums are doing or how you could have tried to be more like them instead of being truly who you are supposed to be. I am free. I am free from condemnation. I am his child. I sang that beautiful song today. I'm a child of God. I am a child of God. I might be disconnected to my natural parents. I am a child of God. He's my father. Even if my earthly one has let me down, there is a father in heaven that will never let us down. I am his child. John 1 verse 12, Yet to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. It is your right. It is your right. This is your right or entitlement. It is an honour, but it is more than that. It is a spiritual power. You have that, and you have the power to confess these things over your children and over your household. I am protected. I know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps them safe and the evil one cannot harm them. Despite our sins and failings, through Christ, we have the power to overcome the world's temptation to sin. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are protected. Claim it over yourself. Claim it. I am protected. I, this will not affect me. I am protected. I am your workmanship with purpose. Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are his workmanship in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This, this one is so key to who I am. Good works come from relationship with Christ. The works don't get us to heaven, but it's what God asks us to do, right? And, and we do it with skills that God gave us. He gave them to us. We are uniquely and fearfully made. We were designed specifically. We are innovated. Our God is a master creator, and he created you. He created you to be yourself. Yourself, not the person down the road that seemingly has it better together than you have. There is no better mama for your children. You may have messed up. You may have messed up every day for your whole life, but today is a new, new day. Praise God. Your sin is forgiven. You are free. Step into all that God has called you to. You are uniquely, wonderfully, fearfully made in his image with exactly what you need to do what you need to do for your whanau. And all of those kids that you can influence, this house needs more mamas. Yeah? Be a mum. Thank you, Lord. Um, we don't need to be a copy. A copy, I don't know about you, I spend a lot of time in front of a photocopier. I'm try, I, it's actually a very naughty secret of mine. I'm trying to reduce it. I know my principal doesn't like paper, so I'm like sneak in there. Just do a couple of copies. But what I know to be true is that the copy is never as good a quality as the original. And in fact, some colours don't even come out at all in the copy. 
So the uniqueness of who you are will never be as good um, if you try and copy somebody else. It, you just can't be somebody else. I've seen amazing teachers over the years, people that just live and breathe their profession in a way I could never hope to. Um, but I can't copy them because that just makes me a copy of them and I'm not walking in what God has asked me to do. Um, I need to understand that my gifts and abilities that he has planted in me are, um, are, are uniquely and wonderfully mine. Another I am. I am reconciled with Christ. I love this whole accountancy kind of meme I have in my head, actually, just this picture of all of these figures and then there's, a, there's a, like an equal sign, and it's all, all zeros at the bottom. He, he has taken all my sin, he, he, all of it that was written down, like in my, in my head I imagine it this way, that it's all written down on a piece of paper, and then Jesus steps in, and he just goes, no, nah, it's all paid. There's, no, there's zero dollars owing at the bottom of that form. Right? That's, I am reconciled through Christ. Praise God for that reconciliation. And that means that we don't need to walk around feeling shame. Get rid of the shame. The work's been done. I am reconciled. The sin's been washed away by the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you. Our kids need to know that too. They need to know that their mistakes are forgivable, that they can start again. We're all on a learning journey every day. I'm still making mistakes, but I'm also forgiven. I am chosen, royal, and his. First Peter 2 verse 9. It says, you are a chosen priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I am part of that chosen priesthood. You are part of that chosen priesthood. Can you stand and say, nah, devil, no, no, I am chosen. I, I am royalty. I am a son or daughter of the Most High. I have power in this situation. Whatever it is, I have power to overcome it through Christ. We are all part, as a, as a family of Christ, we are all part of a spiritual race with a single spiritual father. We are his own. Does that make you feel special and amazing? It does me. He owns us. <laughs> he, we are precious to him. He is jealous for us. He loves us with an everlasting love. We are not ever alone in our parenting journey, sitting in the shower or in the, on the toilet going, oh, no. Kind of, I know I've kind of imprinted this image of you now with God watching you on the toilet, and I didn't mean to do that. But I th I, what I'm trying to say is you can't hide from him. He's everywhere, and he will not forget you. He does not dismiss your worries or concerns as irrelevant or small. You are never forgotten. You are not irrelevant. And I guess what, out of that, I'm hoping you'll see is if we understand these expectations that we have at the 
beginning and, 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 and we recognise the fact that we suffer from feelings of condemnation. But then we remind ourselves of the I am's, the what I have through Christ. Then we can use those things to influence the way we bring up our children, the way we are mums and dads, the way we look at the other young people in our church even. If you do this, you won't be affected by the bug of comparison. You understand that you have your own special place and um, what God has for you. You won't throw your towel in because next to that other mama down the road or on the football field, you don't measure up because you're not comparing. It's not about the measurement by comparison. You won't waste your brain power on criticising, condemning, speaking negatively into your own life. Um, At the strip-back to basics, God-centred life, we have to remember what our purpose on earth actually is. And it's the same for everyone, isn't it? Um, A really, really quick story. Um, When my Gabby started school, we wanted her to go to a Christian school um, because, um, well, for a range of reasons, but one of the reasons we wanted her to go was because very few schools wanted her. She came with a whole package of extra care that she needed and we applied to our church school when we were in Auckland and um, we had to fill in a questionnaire and it asked about your children's achieve- your child's achievements. So what, what can they do? What do they like to do? At that stage in Gabby's life, she was barely alive, let alone anything else. We, we weren't really praying that she'd be the next... Um, Ronaldo or anything. We were more just, please, Lord, keep her alive, keep her in, in your word, help her to not... I, I look back at the prayers I prayed, even when I was pregnant with her, what were they? They weren't, please, God, let her be a big thing. They were, please, God, let her love you and know you all the days of her life. Let her have intimate relationship with you that is more important to her than anything else in the entire world. That was the prayer I prayed. I didn't ask for anything else. And so I wrote that on the school application. And when we did our interview, we were actually quite worried. She, they, they had the opportunity to say that they couldn't cater for her um, because of her special needs. It was interesting that the principal said to me, actually, you're the only one out of this whole cohort of children that actually mentioned God in the application form. Because everyone said, my child can do this and my child can do that and my child's amazing, they're gifted in art or my child likes to play football or my, my child, my child. And I, I, here I was and God really spoke to me in that moment, slapped me around the head a little bit. Why? Why are you coming like you don't have enough to offer? Why? And he spoke to me and he said, um, in the moment, in this moment, you need to understand that all I ask from you is that you help your child stay connected to me and understand the love of the Father. The rest of it is fluff. That's what your life boils down to. Do I know God? Do I love him? And can I show his love to others around me? 
The rest is fluff. And that was a really humbling moment for me as a mum to realise, actually, that's my job. That's my job. If I know who I am, I'm confessing it, I'm speaking those words out over myself and over my children, then my big goal as a mum is to ensure that I can help them in their eternal walk. So important to me. When we are confident in who we are, we are free to be the parent God has called us to be. No, I'm a teacher because I make sticky notes on everything. We may not be perfect, but we are trying every day. We can be confident that our errors are covered by the blood of Christ. We can measure ourselves in terms of our position and authority through Christ rather than by worldly trappings and standards. Our children benefit from a mum who is grounded in the word of God, has the correct priorities and is confident in her true identity. What a marvellous, amazing legacy to leave for our children. Thank you, Lord. Can I just finish with a a short prayer? Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share your heart for your people today. I thank you that you made us and you made us in your image, full of amazing and awesome things. Father, I ask that every person under the, word, under the sound of my voice today would understand their true identity in Christ, that they would find those precious words that you have spoken to them in your word and declare them over themselves and declare them over their families and even over their neighborhood, Lord, Father, their schools and their sphere of influence, Lord, Father, let them have confidence and who they are in you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Wonderful. That was great. Thank you for sharing. And I'll just invite Charlotte to come up now. Where's Charlotte? Here we are, Charlotte. Another beautiful mum in the house. Morena. And happy Mother's Day to all the mamas. Um, I just honour you guys. I feel like it really is, um, it, like, ever, like we've heard all morning, it can be really tough, Mahi, bringing up God's greatest treasures. Um, but just know that he, he knows how, how um, he knows everything that we do and he walks it with us. And, um, and that all of that behind the scenes stuff that other people often overlook, it's never overlooked to him. Don't underestimate it. Like we've heard your voice has massive influence in your home. Your prayers, they change our kids' lives. The encouragement to that mum at the roundabout, like, honestly, it really is, we're doing really powerful things for his kingdom, um, even though we don't always see it that way, but it is. Um, And so we're talking about I am, who God says I am. And so, um, yeah, anyway, I've just got a few little thoughts to share about that. Um, I really do believe that it is God's um, absolute heart for us to know our identity in Him and to know how loved and precious we are to Him. Um, I, know, I know this, but it didn't always just um, 
I, I know that knowing our identity and these things, how loved we are, didn't always just come easy. It's definitely been a real journey, um, a journey for me anyway, um, and I know I'm still on that, <laughs> but um, discovering who we are. So, um, so um, a little bit about when I was like growing up, I think I did grow up with a, quite a lot of insecurities, even though I had a really safe and loving home. Um, and I really um, went into my teenage years really needing people's approval and acceptance. And this can just be a really um, not a great place to be in because then you fill your life looking in those places with destructive people, destructive things, which just leads to more hurt and brokenness and all of that. Um, so then when I actually met Jesus and experienced his incredible love, um, it's not nothing you can really explain, but I knew in that moment that he was all I ever wanted. He's my whole world, <laughs> um, and I just love him so much. Um, but in that moment, um, we're made absolutely clean and in right standing with God. Um, and the Bible told me and told, tells us that already how loved and treasured we are and how precious we are to him and what we are worth to him. Um, but I, I didn't just feel like that right away. You know, after years and years of seeing yourself in one way, it can actually um, take a little, be a bit, a, bit, a bit of a journey for our minds and our feelings to kind of catch up with the play and, um, and, and see ourselves the way um, God does. But I know that God patiently walks this with us and that he just reveals it to us as we hikoi with him. Um, but God does really want us to know how precious we are to him because it changes our whole life, the way that we live. Um, I picture it like a diamond. If you've got one in the jewelry store, it's like shiny and blinging. We know that it's worth a bomb. Um, and I googled up um, uncut diamonds in the dirt. They straight up look like something that my kids bring to me that they've dug out of the garden. And now, although these are both worth the same thing, they're both worth the same, I think um, they're worth the same regardless of what they look like. Um, or where they are placed, but the thing is, is that I think we would hold them differently if we didn't know their worth. And I think when we don't know our worth, we hold ourselves differently as well. When we think that we're worthless, we go and put ourselves in situations that are really dirty, and we let people treat us like rubbish, we treat ourselves that way as well. Um, but I know that when we see ourselves the, the way that God does as his precious child, as like the apple of his eye, um, his greatest treasures that we do, we walk differently as well. We'll start to shut down all the stink stuff knowing that doesn't fit with who I am and, and how loved I am. Um, and then we'll surround, start to surround ourselves with um, people who treat us right and we'll recognize when someone isn't treating us right. Um, and I know that it if we, if we recognize this as well and know our worth, that we treat ourselves differently, um, we'll do like, we'll be kind, we'll think kind things to ourselves and um, we'll have grace towards ourselves and we'll allow ourselves rest and, you know, go out and treat yourself to, you know, cakes and nice things, things that build you up and make you feel good. Um, but I know, you, you know that... Um, your, your value never actually changes to God, regardless of how we view ourselves. You are and always have been his absolute most precious treasure. Oh, it touches me so much. God's so good. <laughs> We're so loved. Um, you know, it is the absolute heart of God that we do know how precious we are to him. And so we know that Holy Spirit will make it top priority to reveal this to us. He's going to help us with it. Um, so 
I believe that Holy Spirit helps us when, when we read His Word, um, He helps it to come to life to us, to actually um, make sense. And by revelation, it doesn't just go into your minds, but it goes into your spirits and your, your, your heart. You believe the words. And it might start out by um, just saying it by faith. Um, but if we preach the truth to our emotions enough, by the power of the Holy Spirit, our emotions will start to believe what we're reading and what we're saying. Um, and I also know that Holy Spirit will help by building us up um, when we pray or speak in tongues or um, just sit with God or when we worship and stuff like that. So that's how He also helps us to grasp um, our worth. Um, and to be honest, one of the biggest things for me to be um, on this journey of like healing and realizing who I am in Christ, really um, grasping my identity in Him, has just been being immersed in His love. And by that, I literally mean like reading about His acts of love, reading about what He says about His love, what His love looks like, singing songs about His love for us, sitting in His love and just being like, uh, you know, in the secret place, just you and Him. Um, you know, everything. And I actually started a while back literally just praying every single day, God, let me know your love more. Let me see it more. Let me experience it more. And it's straight just, it's changed everything so much. Um, as we start to experience his love, we grow to, um, I actually think that's when we grow to know him and we get to see his real character. I think he was very misrepresented in my mind until I knew his love. Yeah. Um, and um, this changes the whole way that I viewed him. And in turn, it changed our relationship, um, the way I could approach him and how I saw him, but also the way that I viewed myself. And I really feel like even when you read the Bible, it just changed the whole way that I would read the same scripture. Everything was different when I, you know, when you are reading it through a, a lens of someone deeply loved, you know, you read and you think, I'm so loved. Of course he'll never leave me or, or, or forsake me. Like it makes sense. Of course he'll send his angels to guard me and he'll protect me. Of course, you know, you read about him providing for the birds and stuff. How much more does he love me? You just can't worry about it. You're like, of course he wants to provide all my needs. And a big one was, of course, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You know, he, of course, God didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save us when you're that loved, you know. And it really, it really is. He, his love really helped me to um, view him the right way. And it brought really massive breakthroughs. So um, I just want to share a little bit about his love for us and um, what it kind of looks like. Anyway, in Ephesians 3, 17 to 19, that's the New Living Translation. Um, and it says, it says, Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. And your roots will grow down into God's love. And he'll keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all of God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and how deep is his love. And it says, may you experience his love. Um, experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. And then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life that comes from God. We're going to be made complete as we experience His love more and more and more. And I just want to read the Passion Translation. I just think it's really cool. It's the same verse, uh, Ephesians 3, 17 to 19. And it says, Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside of you. And the resting place of His love will become the very source and root of your life. 
Hallelujah, that's some powerful stuff. And then you will be empowered to discover what every, uh, what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude um, of the astonishing love of Christ in all of its dimensions. It says how deeply intimate and far-reaching is His love. We know that. How enduring and inclusive it is. It's endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. And it says that, whoa, this extravagant love is going to pour into you until you're filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. It's powerful stuff. I just love this verse so much. And I think you could just break it down into so many things. But a couple of things that really spoke to me, well, God spoke to me in it, is it said that he has a deeply intimate love. And I think of that as one really personal. And I think, oh, I know my kids personally. I know Reuben. I know them better than anyone would know about them. But do you know, God just blows that right out the water. <laughs> it says that he knows the numbers of hairs on your head. It says that he knitted together every inch of, your, of, of, every inch of you in your mum's tum. Um, it says that he knows your every thought and he knows everything that you're going to say before you've even said it. Um, and it says that he knows when you stand up, when you sit down, when you go out, when you come home, all of these little things. Do you know what? He just loves you so much that this stuff actually matters to him. Like it really does. And the whole time that he's sitting there watching you stand up, sit down, go to sleep, you know, you know, he's just thinking like amazing things about you. He really is. Psalm 139.17 says, every moment you are thinking of me. How precious and wonderful to consider that you cherish me in your every thought. That's like, that's just so amazing. It's so good. He just loves us. That Ephesians verse also um, says that he has enduring love. And we all know, we, we know that he um, did a great example of that at the cross. Um, you know, right there he showed that his love didn't have any limits. And um, what he went through mentally and physically is more than I think I can even get my head around. It just, it really just blows my mind. And we know that he was all God, but he was also all man. So what he endured, the suffering was very real to him. Um, and it says in the Garden of Gethsemane, I don't know if I said that right, in the Garden of Gethsemane, um, I've been practicing that at home more than the rest of it. Um, no, when he's in the garden, though, it said that he sweated blood. And this is a very real, but a very rare thing that happens when people have been under the most immense stress. Um, Jesus said himself, my heart is overwhelmed and crushed with grief. It feels as though I am dying. I felt overwhelmed and stressed out before, but not, not to that, you know. Um, but you know, the, the greatest thing is, is that you mean the world to him. You're his whole world and everything in it. So he still chose to do it. He still, still chose to do the will of God, um, you know, to save us so we can be reconciled with him. And, and, and it was a choice because he said as well, don't you realize that I could ask my father for, for thousands of angels to protect us and he'd send them instantly. But how, if I did, then how would the scriptures be fulfilled about what must happen now. You know, it wasn't the nails that kept him on that cross. It was his great love for us. And that's just mind-blowing, really. That's enduring love. Um, but you know, his enduring love wasn't just for at the cross. It's for, that's just how he loves across the board always. Um, so you might have had people that have abandoned you or let you down, or they were full-on loving you in the good times, but then when it got tough, they just took off on you. But his love is not like this at all, man. 
His love for you will endure through ups and downs, through all of our feelings, praise God. It will endure through grief. It will endure through sin, through sufferings, through depression, whatever it is. There is nothing that you can ever do and no place that you can ever go that can ever stop Him from loving you. Yeah, praise God. There, there is so much more to His incredible love, even like it says in that verse. But um, like it said, it, it's, um, I'm not sure that we'll ever be able to fully understand the magnitude of it. But I do know that as we, um, the more that we immerse ourselves in it and experience His love, that it, it changes us. Like it straight up changes who we are and, and in everything in our lives. We start to become really secure in His love and we just start caring way less what other people think. The lies and the insecurities just to start to fall off by themselves. Things that I wasn't even aware of. I just look and think, oh, I don't know why I don't care about that anymore. Or why that didn't offend me like I thought it would have. It's so, it's so powerful, His love. Um, we'll start to feel safe um, to be vulnerable with God when we know how loved we are. We can approach Him that way. Um, we're more loving and graceful towards ourselves, which is amazing. Um, and we also, we start to believe that we are what He says we are. Um, we can recognise the lies and we can call them out because, do you know, they're still, they still come. I still get thoughts now, but the... the um, Amazing thing is that Holy Spirit uh, helps us to recognize them. We've got res- tender, responsive hearts. So when something gets, we think of something, um, Holy Spirit comes in and jumps in there and calls it out, and then we interrupt it. Um, you've got to interrupt those thoughts. Don't think that you can let them play out offensive or scary thoughts and think it's not going to affect us. It does. So when He prompts us, yeah, just stop them in their tracks, interrupt them. You know, His love changes us. It, it changes the way that we see things and it changes the way, like Ruth and Kate both said, it changes the way we view other people. You know, even the most broken person, you're going to look at them and just love them. You're going to look at them and just see them as like the most incredible treasure because that's how God's looking at them. You know, it's powerful stuff. Your voice will, will, will be become one um, of love and building others up. Um, it's said in that verse too, that His incredible love pours into you until you're filled to overflowing. Not only does it fill you and heal you and make you secure in His beautiful, unconditional love, but He is literally going to fill you with it so much that you're going to burst at the seams and out of you is just going to come love and compassion and kindness and goodness and words of hope and encouragement towards people. Let your influence be one that affirms God's love towards people. You know, we know that our voices are powerful. Let it affirm His love. Philippians 4, 4-5 says, Celebrate God all day. I mean, revel in Him. I love that. <laughs> Make it as clear as you can to all that you meet that you're on their side, that you're working with them and not against them. That's a powerful thing, man. People know when you are for them. And you know, you know how they say that hurt people hurt other people? I believe that's true. And I also believe that loved people go out and love people. It literally just comes out of you. If you really, um, if you really want to change the world, love God and soak in His love for you. And then go out and just love people. Straight up, this is the most, His love is powerful. That's the most powerful thing. So I just want to pray real quick. Praise you, God. 
Thank you, God, for your massive love for us. It's so overwhelming. Oh, praise you, God. Lord, my prayer is simple today. I just pray that we experience your love in a greater way, that we, we feel your love, that we know your love, that we are immersed in your love. I know we already are. I just pray we get to know it more, Lord Jesus, every single day that we will experience your love more and more. I know it's your complete desire to just lavish your love all over us. Thank you for that, God. Praise you, Lord. Amen.